I'm excited to jump into our theme today of pursuit. And the title of my message is The Pursuit of a Life on Fire. The Pursuit of a Life on Fire. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 to 20 says this, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. You know, as we come into 2022 and we dive into this theme of understanding what does it mean to pursue God? We can't take another step pursuing God for our life, for our family, for our world, for maybe some of the people we're responsible for at our workplace, for our children, for our marriage. We can't take another step in pursuing Him until we come to an understanding that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit that the very Holy Spirit resides in you and I, that He wants to make a home inside our heart, that everywhere you go, every decision you make, every word that proceeds from your mouth, the Holy Spirit is right there with you, looking to guide your life, lead your life, bring breakthrough to your life, that there are some things coming your way this year, some giants, some mountains, some decisions that you're gonna have to overcome. And it's gonna be a wrestle if you do it without the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be a struggle if you do it without the Holy Spirit. And often in our Western Christendom, we can find ourselves in a place where we kind of get caught up on thinking great marketing campaigns are gonna build the church. We're thinking great podcasts and Instagram quotes are gonna build my family, they're gonna build my marriage. We think that great programs are actually going to help invest into seeing His Kingdom established. But that's not what I see in Scripture. What I see in Scripture is that not programs, not marketing campaigns, not good ideas that help build His church, establish His Kingdom, bring heaven to earth. What I see in Scripture helps do that is people's lives who are set on fire. People actually walk as temples of the Holy Spirit. They actually decide in 2022, regardless of what years look like, regardless of what the 12 months have looked like, regardless of what I've had to walk through the last couple of years of disappointment and discouragement, I'm drawing a line in the sand in 2022 and deciding that I'm gonna pursue my life to be one that is on fire for God. They're actually living on fire for Him, realising I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth says it like this, the reason the world is not seeing Jesus is that Christian people are not filled with Jesus. They are satisfied with attending meetings weekly, for some of us, every three weeks, reading the Bible occasionally, praying sometimes. It is an awful thing for me to see people who profess to be Christians, but are living lifeless, powerless, and in a place where their lives are parallel to unbelievers' lives, that is difficult to tell which place they're in, whether they're in flesh or in the Spirit. You've got to understand that in 2022, regardless of what you're feeling called to this year, your vision for the year, what you feel like God's going to do in your life this year, or maybe you're even here sitting here on January 9th and you're sitting and going, man, I don't even know what this year has for me. You need to know that the best witness of the church The bad witness of Jesus Christ isn't our programs, it's transformed lives. It's people's lives that are on fire. But the way we do that isn't living in what's crept into our Western society is this polytheistic idea, which is this idea that we have multiple gods, 
that yeah, we're Christian and we worship God, but we also worship money. We also worship sex. We also worship relationships. We also worship our finances and what people think of us and our different things like this. And we're walking around saying we're Christian, but our lifestyle is representing to the world around us as if we have multiple gods. And we're trying to balance and worship multiple gods. This totally undermines the Trinitarian God that we serve. I think in our modern day, we can get caught up in this idea that I think we preach this idea of a Trinitarian God. The idea that He is three in one, that He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That we can get caught up in this idea and preach it, believe it, stand on it, but our lives act like He's a dualistic God. Well, lives act like He's a monotheistic God. One that is in a simple way, yeah, I pay my homage and honour to Father God. Yeah, I lift up and, 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 and pay respects to King Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, I'm not so sure about Him. Because if I invite Him in, maybe He's going to ask me to do something I don't want to do. Maybe He's going to make me lose control a little bit. Maybe He's going to make me step out of my comfort zone, step into my fears. Maybe He's going to do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep Him in a box and just play the Christian church game, go through the motions and not fully immerse myself in all that God has for me. We play this idea, but we've got to understand that the Trinity God we serve is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives again to walk like temples of God. I know in my journey, I've seen God do wonderful things. I've seen God do amazing things where in different seasons, in different environments, much like this morning, we're in a couple of minutes time. I wanna create some space for you to be able to receive your breakthrough, receive the power of God to come on your life be able to draw a line in the sand, have the Holy Spirit fill you afresh and encounter your marriage again. Be able to step into the year knowing that you're not doing it alone, but you're carrying Him. And it was a morning just like this morning and there were people responding to the altar, they were getting prayed for. And there was this one, one young girl who'd actually been prayed for and um, she, uh, she came running up to me after she'd been prayed for and she was kind of holding her wrist up like this. And as she got closer, I realised her wrist was like this and her bone was sticking out like that. And I'm like, this is just the worst thing to experience at an altar call. Like this is just like the opposite of what I want to see right now. And she's standing there with her bone sticking out like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, first things went in my brain. I was like, well, number one, I need to pray for her. Number two, I need to call an ambulance. So I'm like, all right, let's call an ambulance. Let me quickly pray for her while we do that. And as we pray for her, the worst thing could happen. I don't know if God was pranking me. I don't know if God was trying to do a little prank in this moment. But the thing what she told me was she'd actually been prayed for a moment earlier. She'd fallen over under the power of God. And as she fell over, she snapped her wrist. That was the moment. She gets up. I pray for her again. The worst thing happens. She falls over again. I'm literally standing there staring over going, oh my gosh, she's about to get up with two snap wrists. Like she's about to be walking around with two snap wrists. This is the worst situation that could ever happen. I end up like grabbing a leader and then we end up helping her up and making sure she was okay. And I remember in that moment, she gets up, she looks at her wrist, flaps it back and forth and goes, oh, it's been totally healed. And she got totally healed in that moment. And you're probably wondering, much like myself, why would God make someone fall over? Snap their wrist. Make someone fall over again? Heal their wrist. Well, I've done some scholarly study. I've dived into the Word of God, dissected Scripture, 
This is what I've discovered. Why did it happen? I don't know. I tell you what I do know though. I've seen too much of God move in my life for me to ever box Him again. That I never want to box the Holy Spirit in my world. I never want to put Him in a box and say what He can and can't do. I don't want to experience something that I don't understand and then build a theology around it that somehow brings God down to my level. But rather when I don't understand it, I want to elevate my faith to the realm of the impossible. I want to elevate my faith to the realm that God is calling me to do this year. That's where the place I want to live in. You know, in Scripture, it speaks about this word Holy Spirit. And in the Old Testament, there is the Hebrew language for the word Holy Spirit. And what it shows us is this word, it's called, it's called Ruach HaKadosh. And this word Ruach means spirit and the word Kadesh there means holy. But this Kadesh word isn't just a light word they chuck on the end of anything, but in actual fact, the Jewish culture, the Hebrew language, they would only place this word and attach it as an adjective. They'd only attach it to nouns that they recognise that this word comes into agreement with, comes into alignment with, which means that we saw this word Kadesh as so holy, the very holiness of God, that we wouldn't place it against any name unless we as a culture understood that this Spirit is holy, which recognises not that it's just a partial version of God, not that it's just like I get a little bit of tingles in worship when Carly's singing or anything like that, but it's actually a fact that we recognise that the very Holy Spirit in Jewish culture, Old Testament, there is evidence there that in the Old Testament of a Trinitarian God, it wasn't a New Testament idea, it wasn't a new concept post day of Pentecost, it was an understanding that the very framework of our faith, we understand that God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And I believe it's time in 2022 to grab the Holy Spirit and place Him back in our families, back in our marriages, back in our church, back in our life groups and back in our lives. Not boxing Him anymore, not letting Him out of His cage every now and then, but allowing Him to move in our life. There's this scholarly summary that says it like this. To put it simply, the Holy Spirit bothers us because He moves us. He makes us walk. He pushes the church to go forward. And we're like Peter at the Transfiguration. Ah, how wonderful it is to be here like this, all together. But don't bother us. We want the Holy Spirit to doze off. We want to domesticate the Holy Spirit. And that's no good because He is God. He is that wind which comes and you can't control. He is the power of God. He is the one who gives us consolation and strength to move forward, but to move forward. And that's what bothers us. It's so much nicer to be comfortable. You know, in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is represented or revealed in different symbols, different symbolic ways that the Holy Spirit is revealed through Scripture, the way God reveals Him, the way it's language. One of the ways it's language is the Holy Spirit's revealed like a dove. The meaning of this is speaking about the Holy Spirit is gentle yet powerful. That in Matthew 3, 16, it says this. And what does this speak for our season? Well, it says in some season, He come moves in our life gently, but powerfully. That He's like a gentleman knocking at the door of your heart. Even right now, you know that in 2021, you tried to do life alone or you put um, a 10% margin on the Holy Spirit. You didn't want a full immersion of allowing the Holy Spirit into your world. 
Well, the thing about that is just like he's a gentleman, he knocks. It's our responsibility, not just creep the door, but actually open the door and allow him to come in. And just like a dove that gently we could shoo it away in the same way you can reject the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can push Him away. He's not gonna barge His way in. We've actually gotta open our hearts and allow Him in. Another symbol is fire. What does it speak about? Well, fire illuminates, it warms, it refines, it purifies, it changes material from one form to another. We see this in Acts 2, 3 to 4, Matthew 3 to 11. What does it say? Well, it reveals His desire for you to not simply live this year as a pew-warming, casual, passive Christian, but one that's on fire for Him. The other symbol is oil. This speaks symbolically about that oil represents His anointing and empowers us for divine service and enlightens our path like a lamp. We see this in Exodus 27, 27, 20, where the high priest's responsibility was to keep the lamp burning in the temple because they understood it represent the Holy Spirit. They understood it represent His anointing and they understood that they had to keep that thing burning with oil. And the oil was used to keep it burning. It is our responsibility. The Scriptures call us kings and priests, that we have a high priest who is interceding on our behalf every single moment of every day. But we are responsible as priests of our own lives to actually keep the oil burning in our lives, the anointing in our lives that it would never run dry, but be abundance. Another symbol is wind. That wind is a scriptural symbol that signifies life and activity. A regeneration of His work is like a wind. We see this in John 3, 8, Acts 2, 1 to 4. It sets forth the power and invisibility, immaterial nature, the sovereignty of the Holy Spirit. And the last one we see as a symbol of the Holy Spirit is water, where Jesus, like in the Spirit, when received by a believer, would be like streams of living water. The one who is filled with the Holy Spirit has living water flowing from the innermost being. We see this in John 7, 37 to 39. The water's function is like for washing, for cleansing, for refreshing, correspond to the ministry of the Holy Spirit and through their lives. These symbols are to give us a representation of who He is so we can better understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our life, that He comes gently and powerfully in our world, that He comes like a fire that wants to be all-consuming and we live on fire for Him, that He comes like oil, like an anointing that comes upon our life, that He's like wind, like the sovereignty of God, where the wind of God comes in. It's like water, We're like a wellspring of water rises up from the inside of us when we receive the Holy Spirit. We've got to understand the Holy Spirit, although He's revealed sometimes as symbols, Holy Spirit isn't a dove and He isn't fire and He isn't oil and He isn't wind and He isn't water. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, the the fully God, part of the triune God that we serve and the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ bodily and now dwells on the inside of us. The same power that rose Christ from the dead is alive on the inside of us. This is the Holy Spirit that we have. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're simply a Christian with no power. It is the empowerment to minister effectively in your everyday life. And for too long as believers, we've said yes to Jesus. We've taken that next step. We've gotten involved in church. We haven't had this continual baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon our life. 
You gotta understand that the filling of the Holy Spirit isn't like the same baptism as water, where water is a one-off moment where uh, you make a decision to publicly declare what God is doing on the inside of you. It says in Ephesians to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not just like a one-off moment 20 years ago, 10 years ago, when you're in youth ministry, for some of us 50 years ago, like all those type of things. It's not that kind of idea. What it is is to build a, a wellspring of life on the inside of us where we're continually filled with the Holy Spirit so we can live an effective life of power. Why is this? It's because the Holy Spirit is in you, for you. We know it's in Ephesians. It's a seal of our inheritance in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is on us for others. That you're called to reach people. You're called to love people. You're called to build a kingdom home, a kingdom family. You're called to actually establish heaven on earth. But you'll never be able to pursue all God has for you here without the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when, someone say when, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power. The power you need to fulfil what you know God's calling you to this year. The, the things you're looking for, for breakthrough, for healing, for abundance, for transformation, to have those addictions broken off your life. What you're looking for is received in the power of the Holy Spirit and how to receive the Holy Spirit. We know this in Scripture, we receive it through the laying on of hands. And you've got to understand that the, the hands laying on isn't simply a old school, charismatic, from the 80s, Pentecostal, liturgical practice of faith that we do. But it is actually what it does is building evidence that the Gospel isn't just about information. It's about impartation. The Gospel isn't just a concept or an ideology, but it's about imparting power into your world, that you can live a life of purpose and purity. It says this in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, and we'll go from there. It says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The gifts that you received through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. If there is a word for 2022, what we've walked through society as Christians, as believers, for some of us, the hardship, the job loss, the marriage breakdowns, the heartache that we've walked through in the last couple of years, this is a word for you today. God has not given you a spirit of fear. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry. You don't have to carry that fear anymore. But He's given you one of power, of love and a sound mind. Not one of anxiousness, not one of depression, not one of mental illness, but He's given you one of sound mind in Christ Jesus. You know, in my journey, um, like I was sharing before, we've seen God do some amazing things. And there was one time we were praying for some people um, and people respond down the front and receiving breakthrough and there was this one gentleman, he came down the front. He actually came down the front in a wheelchair. And um, I remember in this moment as he came down the front, he came down with a friend. And we, we obviously went up and offered to pray for him and just understand his world, ask exactly what was going on. And he basically described that from the hips down, he'd been paralysed, that he hadn't felt any movement, any mobility, anything like that in his legs from the hip down for over 10 years, that he'd been in a wheelchair, unable to walk, couldn't even feel his legs. He was totally paralysed. 
We knew in this moment that it's not an idea of God, Holy Spirit wanting to come, is dependent on situation, dependent on season. God never wants to withhold. He desires to pour out His Spirit on all men, on all women, and bring breakthrough to the world. And I believe that. I'm convicted by it. I want to walk in it. I want to be a reality in my world. I don't want to live a passive, casual Christianity. I want to live a life on fire. So when this gentleman comes down the front, I'm not, I'm not intimidated by it. I'm not hesitant, but I want to stand with them and believe that God's going to heal it. We stood there and we prayed. And in that moment, we invited him. Hey, in this moment, we'd love to actually invite you. We're going to help you up to stand. We believe as you stand, the power of God's going to touch you and you're going to walk again. And as we grabbed him by the hands and helped him up, you know, for the first time, as he stood up, he felt power shoot down his legs and he started walking one step, two step, three step. He started walking back and forth on the altar. He was crying. He was laughing. Can we give praise to the King that the healing power of Christ is still available today, that the Holy Spirit wants to encounter you still today. This isn't an old school thought. This is for here and now. You know, there was this one time as well, we had this young lady and she was a part of a meeting we were, we were ministering at and um, she had an autoimmune disease. So much so that there was so much pain shooting all through her body, she could barely move. It was even, it was even a miracle. She found herself at that meeting um, within that service and she, she kind of said, I want to be in the room, but I'm just going to sit on the front row. I'm just going to stay there. I'm not going to stand up. I'm not going to do any of that because it's just even, it hurts to stand. This was her story. She'd been walking through it for years. And in the moment, someone was on stage at the moment and they were giving words of knowledge and different things like that. And one of the words she resonated with, she was like, I feel like that's for me. And she shut up her hand and said, yeah, can you pray for me? And in that moment, as she shut up her hand, she felt the Holy Spirit. She described it like electricity shooting through her hand. And what happened was she felt it shoot through her hand and she almost felt the pains, what she described to be, shoot out of her body. She then stood up in that moment and for the first time in years felt no pain in her body. You know, she started running around the entire room and was totally healed. You know, 12 months later, we got the doctor's report to confirm it. She was totally healed from an incurable disease of autoimmune disease and now she's totally healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why we lay hands and believe because it's more than information. It's more than a TED talk every Sunday. It's more than a good idea. It's where I believe in the Word is going forth and imparting something into your world. What are the scriptural workings of the Holy Spirit? How does it work in our worlds? Well, we see this, that the Holy Spirit comes and He comforts in John 14, 16. It speaks about that He teaches and He counsels in John 14, 26. He testifies in John 15, 26. The Holy Spirit comes and convicts in John 16, 8. He reveals truth that we know is Christ. In John 16, 13, He strengthens and encourages in Acts 9, 31. The Holy Spirit leads us in Romans 8, 14. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and intercedes on our behalf. In Romans 8, 26, He sanctifies us through the sanctification process. In Romans 15, 16, He searches the deep things of God. In 1 Corinthians 2, 11, He empowers us, brings powers to our world. In Ephesians 3, 16, He brings healing to our world. As we see in and Paul, with his blind eyes open, as Ananias laid his hands on him. In Acts 9, 17 to 19, he activates the gift of Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. And he mobilises the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. Whatever you need this year, 
The Holy Spirit is your answer. Whatever you're looking to pursue God in, maybe you've come into this year and you've had a great year. Everything's awesome. Everything's healthy. You're excited about the year ahead. Or maybe you're here and the last 12 months, the last couple of years have been devastating. And you're looking for God to shake something up, to bring breakthrough to your world, to actually step into a new reality with Him. Well, you don't wanna box God in your business. You don't wanna box God in your marriage. You don't wanna box God in your kids or in your family anymore. But you're gonna take authority back and say the enemy won't have a foothold in my territory, in my camp any longer. But I'm gonna stand on the Word of God and believe the Holy Spirit to take residence again in my heart. There's power, there's purpose, there's purity, there's breakthrough, there's anointing, there's healing, there's comfort, there's strength, there's empowerment available for you today. And it's all found in an encounter, a filling, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12 to 14 says this, Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name in 2022, whatever you ask that comes into agreement and alignment with His will for your life. What does God say? I will do it. Why will He do it? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why does God wanna heal you? Because it brings Him glory. Why does God wanna fill you with the Holy Spirit? Because it brings you glory. Why does God wanna bring breakthrough, prosperity, provision and financial breakthrough around your world? Because it brings Him glory. Why does God wanna restore your marriage? It brings Him glory. Why does God wanna bring that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter home? Because it brings Him glory. Christ, speaking to disciples, reiterates, just in case you didn't catch it. He says at the very end of the verse, reiterates what He's just said. If you ask me anything, Anything in my name, I will do it. I wonder in 2022, as we look forward to what the year could have for us, as a church, as a community, as so many different families and businesses and universities and industries and positions within our society, I wonder what it could look like if we actually believed and had the faith to go, when I ask, God is faithful to do it. I'm gonna stand on His Word. If we could all close our eyes, that'd be amazing. And maybe you're here for the very first time. You've never even been in a church environment before. Maybe you, you call City Point home, there's your family, you love this church, you're a part of this church. But you're here and you're like, man, I, I resonate with that. I feel like I've been boxing God. I put the Holy Spirit in a corner. I feel like I've been quenching the Holy Spirit. I feel like I've been, I've been putting Him over here. I feel like in a sense I've even been rejecting Him in my world. You know your life isn't right with Him. You can have an eternity rest secure by the Holy Spirit coming dwelling on the inside of you. That word seal there is like a King's seal, which it can't be revoked. It's like the rubber stamp of the King. The Holy Spirit comes and seals your heart in the same way when you receive Him, when you receive the Son as your Lord and Saviour. If that's you and like I said, you don't have to understand everything. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a reduction in it. You just have to say yes. Yes to Jesus. Yes to allowing the Holy Spirit come and dwell on the inside of your life and transform you from the inside out. 
And if that's you and you're here, and maybe for the very first time, or as a recommitment, because you know the last couple of years have been feel distant from God, and you're saying, today's the day I want to get back right with God. I don't want to do another year without Him. I want Him fully immersed in my life. I want to be fully immersed in Him. Or maybe you're the third person, you're not totally sure you're saved, but you want to know the Holy Spirit's dwelling on the inside of you. If that's you, you don't know Him, but you want to, you want to make a recommitment to say yes to Jesus on the count of three. I just want you to be really brave, shoot up your hand nice and high so I can acknowledge you and pray with you. If that's you, you want to say yes to Jesus today on the count of three, just shoot up your hands. One, two, three, just shoot up your hands. Yeah, incredible decision, amazing decision. Amazing decision, incredible. Is there anyone else? Wave it really high. Come on, is there anyone else? Wave it really high, don't miss this moment. Amazing decision in the middle. I see that hand, incredible over here. Amazing decision, amazing decision. Come on, is there anyone else? This moment's for you. Don't miss this moment. Thank you, Jesus. We could all stand, that'd be amazing. Father, we thank You for every decision here. God, we thank You they weren't light ones, they were eternal ones, Father. God, we thank You every hand lifted. God, maybe the ones who didn't get their hand the whole way up, but You know this moment's for them. God, we thank Your Holy Spirit right now is purifying them, washing them. God, Your fire is coming. Your oil is coming and anointing their life. God, and bringing breakthrough to their world. God, we thank You that person here. God, who's been wrestling with anxiety. God, we break it off their life right now. God, their, their trauma they've been walking through that's giving them sleep apnea. God, we break it off their life right now in Jesus' Name. God, we thank You for that person online who's been wrestling with different thought patterns and different behavioural things that have been affecting their marriage. God, we break it off. We thank You, Your Spirit come right now and bring anointing to their world. And we thank You for that. Come on, church, can we celebrate every decision here? Incredible. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Hey, maybe you got your hand the whole way up. I know they'll stack you. Maybe you didn't get the whole way up, but you're like, hey, this moment's for me. What I want you to do straight after this is go chat to our team, The Lounge. They're going to help you get locked into a life group, help you get locked into growth track. Take that next step. You haven't found yourself in a crowd, but a community, one that wants to walk every day with you following Jesus. And the encouragement as well is just keep coming back to church. We're on every single week, three services Sunday. Find yourself here.